the name of the album is The View From Here. And uh, obviously you think of landscape, but there's a metaphor there because as a, an, you know, an aging gentleman of 62, <laughs> um, we talked about my albums, The Key and yeah. um, other, other albums that have kind of a, an allegory or an archetypal journey in them. And The View From Here is, uh, can be taken physically or it can be taken more of a, uh, you know, a, a non-literal sense where you're talking about, this is where I'm at in my walk. This is where I am in my journey of life. Um, this is where I am in my transition, uh, you yeah. know, from one thing to another. And this is what it looks like from here. If you don't see yourself differently from at 62 than you did at 42, then I gotta, you gotta ask yourself some hard questions. <laughs> Welcome to Titans of Transition featuring real-life stories, anecdotes, and inspiration about pivotal career moments from leaders who have been there. Hey, Michael Gettle, welcome back to Titans of Transition podcast. Well, hey, Joe, <laughs> it wasn't too long ago that we, we actually talked no, it uh, wasn't. in April. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was great. And uh, I got wind that you were up to something special this week. You're up in Seattle. What are you doing up there? Well, um, when we uh, when we talked in, in April, I kind of hinted at the fact that I was um, getting ready to seriously consider um, jumping into the river again. We were talking about currents last time, and right. um, so thinking about jumping into that current of recording a new project, and it happened so fast in April, I can't even tell you. It was just quite quite an interesting process, one that I've never really experienced before. So it came right at, basically after we had a conversation, things accelerated at that point, or absolutely a, a great deal. I mean, uh, I was I had my um, feelers out and um, to two specific people that were very instrumental in in kind of being the glue between all of the records, and uh, and that would include the recording studio that I've always recorded at, as well as um, my my great friend and sound engineer, um, Frank Brudy. And, um, you know, uh, the stars aligned and um, my uh, the owner of the studio said, you come back whenever you want and we'll wow. schedule you in um, whenever you can. And uh, my friend Frank just said, I'll, I'll do whatever you want to do another record with you. So with that in mind and um, not having an idea about how, how much it was going to cost or anything, I just trusted the fact that this really needed to happen for me and um, at this point in my life. And um, so the process of actually composing the music literally took three weeks um, in April and the first week of May. And... I actually composed uh, 11 songs. Wow. There's 12 songs on the record, but I composed 11 songs in about three weeks. And um, the biggest surprise for me was I actually wrote it all out in hand with pencil on manuscript paper. And that was the first um, time in 12 records I've ever actually written out complete piano parts. I've always written out lead sheets, you know, but um, so that was, I mean, it was painstaking but it was such a, um, a cathartic experience. Mm. And it was almost like a painter, you know, studying a, a canvas and coming back to it day after day after day and saying, no, I don't like that color here. I'm going to, I'm going to just adjust it a little bit. And yeah. so here I am, you know, I'm, I'm looking at this manuscript that's like six pages long and I'm like, 
I don't like that voicing over there. And so I'd go back and erase it and switch it out or do something different. And um, a lot of it just kind of came and, and it, it just kind of created itself on paper as I was going. So that was you, a very, very gratifying experience. I, I want to come back to that process a little bit, but it's been quite a while since your last project, right? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah, our, uh, my last project was a, um, a, a co-project with uh, my wife, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. And um, it was called One Piano and it was released in 2001. Yeah. And so yeah. after, after that release, I mean, again, the music industry was in such turmoil and it just didn't seem reasonable to to take any more personal risks um, in terms of releasing music at that point right. because everything was just kind of getting um, ignored you know because um, record labels were realigning and you know companies were chewing up other companies and cutting them in half and and so one thing led to another in years past and I had other things to do and being a teacher, teacher and yeah. um, a father and all of that. But, uh, you know, just the relocation, if any of your listeners have listened to our first podcast, they understand that uh, about five years ago, uh, we relocated to a small town in Colorado. And that really set um, kind of set my uh, my barometer, I suppose you could say, about a lot of things and personally and then just creatively. And so um, he, I can't believe that was August. And here I am on our very last day of mix down. Um, we're actually done. And um, uh, my engineer right now is, is sending the waveforms to a master uh, engineer in New York. And, and so I'll uh, probably have mastered mixes in a couple of days. Wow. And um, that's crazy. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. That's really exciting. It's, it's interesting. Uh, swinging back to that, you know, the, the actual physicality of working with a pencil and, and doing, you know, right. writing that manuscript out. Um, that's very different. A, a lot of composer these days have shifted to finale. I'm sure you've used it, you know, so, so that, no, Oh, you haven't actually. Okay. Well, I mean, a lot of people no. do, but, but I think, you know, we always argue about how efficient it can be and, you know, Oh, I didn't like that key. I'm going to flip a switch and it's going to change the key or whatever. But, I think there really is something when you engage your your body in creation like that. Well, yeah, and uh, I mean, that wasn't what this process was about at all. <laughs> I mean, for me, it wasn't um, how fast can I kick out a, a commercial or kick out a soundtrack right. for a TV show or um, even a record. Um, for me, it was, again, very cathartic to write it out, and um, it was it – was, it was a very Zen experience and um, it just a super empowering experience mm -hmm. uh, to actually take, go back to that old school way of, of doing everything on paper and um, having, having these incredible snapshots, these souvenirs, these old, these manuscripts that are going to be my, you know, treasures for uh, the oh, rest yeah. of my life and my kids and all of that. And um, you know, That's it's, awesome. uh, it's yeah, it's a special part of the process for me. This time. I have to say that my wife saw you, you posted a picture of I did <laughs> a page uh, on social it, media. It was, oh, it was it was actually kind of a teaser because I certainly know enough musicians and people who have played that they would get curious to say, "Oh my gosh, here's 
the first song on the record called the view from here and it's the first page and so <laughs> i had all these posts where people were saying i'm trying to figure out what this sounds like <laughs> but, um and so that was that was pretty amusing but i definitely got some people's attention with that you definitely did i uh, both my myself and my wife. I'm a guitar player, so I mean I can read a little bit. Right, music, I remember. But I can't read. Barbara's a piano minor in college, and I yeah. went to to my wife Barbara and I said, "This looks a little crazy to me." And she goes, "Oh yeah." And of course, it's just right. you know that's kind of one of your trademarks, I think, Michael. Did you have a yeah. lot of ideas and snippets, kind of that over the years built up that you kind of had in your mental drawer? <laughs> Well, that's such a that's such an interesting observation. What a great question! Because, yes, there, what 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 a, a landscape composer tends to do, probably much like a photographer would do, is they remember a a, a certain kind of light shade or or whatever, and and they probably put that in a drawer somewhere, and they they go back to that time or that space, and they wait for that light. Um, or whatever, and um, I'm very similar. I mean, I've done a lot of traveling in my life, and um, you know, especially in the last ten years. And um, when I see a a really um, amazing tableau, I kind of check it into my head. And there's actually um, a, more than a few of those tableaus in this music. And um, just a couple to uh, uh, give you examples. Uh, there's there's three songs that are basically inspired by those kinds of experiences. And one is Stepping Stones Underwater, which in itself uh, as a title is really kind of intriguing. It's like, well, what is this about? And um, what is that, you know, what's the significance behind that that title? And it's very simple. It's, it's like um, I was traveling with a group of students from my former school and we were traveling, we were backpacking actually through the Lake District. And um, it was about two years apart and there's this beautiful, beautiful um, babbling river, actually, that you had to cross in order to go up to walk up to the moors. And the first, uh, the first time, it was actually many times, but uh, this particular time we were there, there are these, you know, hewn, hand-hewn stepping stones that go all the way across the river. And they must have been put there, you know, who knows how long ago, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And so, um, uh, the first time was fine. Uh, uh, two years later, another group comes and it had been really rainy in the, um, in the Lake District and we got to the river and the stepping stones were eight inches underwater, making it impossible to pass. So we had to follow the river and walk down and cross a bridge and then go over that way, which was a little bit of a detour. But that's a really classic example because I just the the view from, uh, you know, where I was standing, looking down at those stones and, and just watching the water move over them and realizing you could walk over these if you wanted to. But good luck. You know, you're going to fall in. So the music is obviously um, it's got a really nice meter to it and it's it's kind of happy-go-lucky and it's it's just a little pleasant surprise. Oh, that's great. So is is the, the theme, is it a collection or is there a specific theme for the different landscape? Um, it There is kind of, I mean, much like most of my albums, they are kind of concept records. And um, this one, um, again, like, like a lot of my other ones, kind of have, there's a double entendre a lot in, um, either the, the titles of the songs or even the title of the record. And um, 
this uh, this album especially is about um, you know beautiful landscapes, inspirations from from landscapes, and um, with the title of the the album called "The View from Here." And uh, I do have to digress for a second. Uh, the the photography on the front is just absolutely stunning, including the uh, inside cover of the CD. And it's so sad for me to say that my friend, my photographer friend, who took those photos, passed away of COVID um, two weeks ago. So um, I'm up here kind of remembering him and uh, laying down all this uh, these mixes. And, um, you know, the sad part is he's not here to really fully appreciate the fact that there are going to be hopefully many, 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 many people looking at that cover going, that is amazing. So, but the, uh, the name of the album is the view from here. And, uh, obviously you think of landscape, but there's a metaphor there because as a, an, you know, an aging gentleman of 62, <laughs> um, we talked about my albums, the key and, yeah. um, other, other albums that have kind of a, an allegory or an archetypal journey in them. And the view from here is, uh, can be taken physically or it can be taken more of a, uh, you know, a, a non-literal sense where you're talking about, this is where I'm at in my walk. This is where I am in my journey of life. Um, this is where I am in my transition, uh, you yeah. know, from one thing to another. And this is what it looks like from here. It's maybe it's going to get uh, it's going to change in a in a little bit or it's going to stay stay. This is the view I'm going to have. Um, but uh, I just love playing with titles and having people kind of be able to sort of embrace it however they are comfortable embracing it. Yeah, I, I love the way you you brought that in. You know, it's kind of the sense of view from maybe it's partially looking back, partially looking forward, but. The idea of transition, sometimes we think it's only things that happen almost instantaneously, but some transitions takes, happen quickly, but it's some, like this. there's a long arc on them. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, meandering. It's kind of like a, 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 a trail, right? Absolutely. And it's zigzagging it's, it's stepping, and up it, and down. It's stepping, stepping stones, stones underwater yeah. and um, up the hill and down the hill and finally up to the, the lake and the crag of the mountains. and. You know, that's that's what life is. It's it is if you're if you don't see yourself differently from at 62 than you did at 42, then I got to you got to ask yourself some hard questions. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. It really it really is a journey. And um, I think we're hard on ourselves sometimes. So, you know, we we, oh, want, yeah. we want we want resolution or we want some specific outcome and we think too much about the kind of the arrival points, not, not, not enough about the journey right. and the process, right? So. Yeah, and, and again, I, I guess from, from my perspective, from my view from here, this music is really about gratitude. And um, uh, all of the songs are inspirational in a sense of um, how they were uh, perceived, like you said, these little snapshots of either uh, memories or, or visual kind of cues. Um, but, uh, all of it in, a, in and of itself is there's not one song on this record that you couldn't listen to and just, um, take it to heart and feel gratitude for something that you've got. And whether it's the land, the sky, your life, uh, your health, your, uh, your personal well-being, any of it, um, 
it's it's there for you to find if you want to look for it in this in this museum. That's, that's awesome. Let me pivot. I I know you don't have that much time. You have to get back to back to the project, but um, let's let's deep dive into maybe a few musical kind of questions. Sure. Um, did you find uh, when you went into this? I mean, you've reached. A, I'm going to say it. I know you're humble about this, but you've reached a certain level of mastery years ago. Um, but did you find uh, that as you were going in through this project, you were stretching yourself? I was. Oh my goodness, yes. Oh my and goodness. In what ways? Went... Speak to the speak to the musicians for a few minutes, Michael, and talk okay. about in what ways. And and you can get specific because I want to connect with. Yeah, yeah, I, and your students too, by the way, you know. Right, and I. Um, number one, if you're if you stop learning at any point, that's where you. I mean, nothing. There's no more growth if you're if you stop learning. So, um, whether it's your craft, like like my composing or my piano playing, or whether it's anything in your life, if you stop being open to being learned and you start creating a fixed mindset, you are never going to grow any past that moment. And and that uh, that is the one of the biggest lessons I could ever say to anyone. I would say that to a student. I would say that to any anyone who would want any kind of advice from me. I would say always be a learner. So in that light, I, again, going back to the manuscripts, that's the first time I've ever done that. So that in itself stretched me. I thought, what am I doing? Because it, it took me, you know, it really took me eight hours probably every day for two weeks to physically capture what I was doing. And um, I just thought at, at any point during that process, I just thought, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. And, and then when I got done, I looked at everything I did and I said, I don't think I can play this. So that in, its, <laughs> that in, itself, oh, is, it. that in itself is stretching me. And then, of course, I spent <laughs> the next six months trying to play what I had written. And... Um, and there's so many there's so many technical things that I have never taken those kinds of risks in a solo piano album to do, mm. um, and and so um, gosh I I uh, just just the virtuosity that some of these pieces have and and um, how hard it is to really I guess um, express the 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 highs and the lows and and just to be careful with your performances um really really challenging so um well that's amazing and you didn't back down from it either no (laughs) i think i'll get the eraser um, out and take some of those i was too i was too committed there was there was no way (laughs) i was not gonna make this happen um great so i mean some of these takes my 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 poor engineer, he's like, okay, 43, take 43. <laughs> but um, that didn't happen too often. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a real um, interesting experience to get back on a horse after 20 years. And I can't, and wait. I think, I can't wait to hear it. I can't wait to yeah, hear it. Yeah, thank you. Well, it's, um, 
it really, really is, uh, I think, magical. And it's, a, it's an experience from beginning to end, uh, much like maybe some of my instrumental albums can be, you know, listeners can feel that way. But this is very intimate. And I think they're going to come away with sort of the same reward as they would listening to a big Michael Gettle record. So, mm-hmm. so it's it's solo piano. Are you, it, are you it's solo putting piano anything with else the, in the backgrounds? Or there there are some uh, a few surprises in the background and a okay. couple of third right. a couple of third hands and that kind of thing. So, okay. yeah, yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So um, I I want to respect your time on the project. I know you're right there. Is that the studio behind you? Or is yes, that actually. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sitting. Go ahead. In pick the, up the camera. Go ahead. I'm sitting in the main room. And I don't know if you can see the. Yep, there's the piano. The piano. This um, this studio is where um, most of the famous '90s Seattle bands have recorded: Nirvana, Soundgarden. Oh, really? Um, Alice in Chains. Yeah, everybody. Macklemore. This is the What's place. What's the name of the studio? Um, Robert Lang Studios. Oh. And wow. it's it's yeah. it's. It, I don't know what kind of a secret it is anywhere else, but on the West Coast, no one doesn't know about this studio. It's just, oh, wow. it's just extremely wonderful to be here. Well, I want to thank you so much for letting us kind of dive Absolutely. in at the very. It's always, it's always fun of... to talk to you because you you have such <laughs> great questions and you're just. You just make it so effortless to, to have a conversation. So oh, thank I you. appreciate it, Joe. So what's your rough timing? What do you think? When do you think this is going to get out there? And how will people find it? And yeah, well, um, I think it's going to be pretty easy. Um, uh, I am working with a, um, a worldwide distributor on it. So um, okay. we're going to release a single probably at the end of November. And then um, uh, probably another single in January and the album, the full album will probably drop um, the end of January, the first part of February. So it is going to be a physical product as well. Oh, absolutely. It's, it'll be okay, digital, just of course, right? <laughs> but um, the CDs will be out there on Amazon and that kind of thing. Or um, listeners can always private message me and I'll, um, I can arrange to send you my own copy. So well, be careful there, buddy. You're going to get overwhelmed. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I know. What? No. It's, it'll be great. All right. Well, and uh, yeah, just a shout out to your students. They were so engaged on my first episode. Oh, fabulous. They had so That's many awesome. positive things to say. So I know they're going to be very anxious. Um, so um, yeah. we'll try to reach out to well, them. Well, I do have to close with one, one quick thing. Um, uh, because you mentioned my students, um, I am... Uh, over the last five years, I've actually met a uh, kind of a protege of mine um, who uh, basically was born to my first record. And her parents um, have listened, the, the whole family's kids have been born to my music. And um, uh, so they've been listening to all my albums since about probably 1990. And um, so uh, Kelsey, uh, has grown up wanting to play the piano, and I've I've been a, you know a, a pretty big influence in that uh, a, a way, and so talk about things coming full circle and mentoring people. Um, she was my guest uh, for two days, and she came in, and uh, we have a duet uh, on this album, and um, oh, uh, 
it, it was just one of those experiences that I'll always remember uh, as a highlight of my recording life because you're really seeing, you're really passing the torch on to someone else to say, I, I bless what you're doing. I love, I love your, uh, your skill set and I can't wait to see what you're going to do. And, you know, so it was such a, it was such a warm experience and, um, teachers, mentors always have to mentor and um, whether you're teaching in a classroom setting or anything like that you can never underestimate the power you have for passing off something to a younger individual and whether that's kindness whether that's a skill whether that's um, you know sh showing them anything that makes them feel more empowered and and more accepting of who they are and what their goals should be for themselves and how to be a good steward of their talents so oh, man, that is that's beautiful. Yeah, it's really and it's really it's exciting. Brought, it's brought these multiple threads of your life and your journey together. Oh, for sure, I know, right? Isn't that last, awesome? You know, I shouldn't say so. in this current project you're working on. Yeah, it's just that's that's yeah. wonderful. Absolutely. So, once again, I just want to thank you so much again, Michael, oh, sure. for being on the podcast. Absolutely I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm going to let you go. Okay. Um, and uh, but before you hang up, uh, I just let people know that. Uh, I will, of course, put information in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed this, please like and subscribe to the channel or if or, uh, this either on the, the uh, YouTube channel or on the audio podcast. And Michael, hang on for a little bit. But uh, OK, Michael, good luck. I'm sure this thing is just going to go wonderfully. I can't wait to, to listen to your new record. It's you really, it's record? really pretty. <laughs> All right. Well, we want to see that photography, too, because I know oh, how special your friend absolutely. is. And Thank please do send me you. any information on, on him, too. I okay. credit him. So. Easily to do. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Hey, thanks for joining me today on Titans of Transition. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please check the show notes for additional information. Also, please like and subscribe to this channel.